Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Kings chapter 17 from the World English Bible. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, Hosea, son of Elah, began to reign in Samaria over Israel for nine years. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, yet not as the kings of Israel who were before him. Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against him, and Hosea became his servant and brought him tribute. The king of Assyria found conspiracy in Hosea, for he had sent messengers to So, king of Egypt, and offered no tribute to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore the king of Assyria seized him and bound him in prison. Then the king of Assyria came up throughout all the land, went up to Samaria, and besieged it three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away to Assyria and placed them in Hala and on the harbor, the river of Gazan, and in the cities of the Medes. It was so because the children of Israel had sinned against Yahweh their God, who brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the nations whom Yahweh cast out from before the children of Israel, and of the kings of Israel, which they made. The children of Israel secretly did things that were not right against Yahweh their God, and they built high places for themselves in all their cities, from the tower of the watchmen to the fortified city. And they set up for themselves pillars and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burned incense in all the high places, as the nations whom Yahweh carried away before them did. And they did wicked things to provoke Yahweh to anger. And they served idols of which Yahweh had said to them, You shall not do this thing. Yet Yahweh testified to Israel and to Judah by every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes, according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not listen but hardened their neck like the neck of their fathers, who didn't believe in Yahweh their God. They rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers, and his testimonies which he testified to them. And they followed vanity and became vain, and followed the nations that were around them, concerning whom Yahweh had commanded them that they should not do like them. They abandoned all the commandments of Yahweh their God, and made molten images for themselves, even two calves, and made an Asherah, and worshipped all the army of the sky, and served Baal. They caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire, used divination and enchantments, and sold themselves to do that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, to provoke him to anger. Therefore Yahweh was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. 
Also, Judah didn't keep the commandments of Yahweh their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they made. Yahweh rejected all the offspring of Israel, afflicted them, and delivered them into the hands of raiders, until he had cast them out of his sight. For he tore Israel from David's house, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king, and Jeroboam drove Israel from following Yahweh, and made them sin a great sin. The children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam which he did, they didn't depart from them, until Yahweh removed Israel out of his sight, as he said by all his servants the prophets. So Israel was carried away out of their own land to Assyria to this day. The king of Assyria brought men from Babylon, from Katha, from Ava, and from Hamath, and Sepharvaim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel, and they possessed Samaria, and lived in its cities. So it was, at the beginning of their dwelling there, that they didn't fear Yahweh. Therefore Yahweh sent lions among them, which killed some of them. Therefore they spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations which you have carried away and placed in the cities of Samaria don't know the law of the God of the land. Therefore he has sent lions among them, and behold, they kill them, because they don't know the law of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Carry there one of the priests whom you brought from there, and let them go and dwell there, and let him teach them the law of the God of the land. So one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and lived in Bethel, and taught them how they should fear Yahweh. However, every nation made gods of their own, and put them in the houses of the high places, which the Samaritans had made, every nation in their cities in which they lived. The men of Babylon made succoth Benoth, and the men of Cuth made Nergal, and the men of Hamath made Ashima, and the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharvites burned their children in the fire to Adramalek and Anamalek, the gods of the Sepharvaim. So they feared Yahweh and also made from among themselves priests of the high places for themselves, who sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. They feared Yahweh and also served their own gods after the ways of the nations from among whom they had been carried away. To this day, they do what they did before. They don't fear Yahweh and they do not follow the statutes or the ordinances or the law or the commandment which Yahweh commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom Yahweh had made a covenant and commanded them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow yourselves to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them, but you shall fear Yahweh, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and with an outstretched arm, and you shall bow yourselves to him, and you shall sacrifice to him. The statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment which he wrote for you, you shall observe to do forevermore. You shall not fear other gods. You shall not forget the covenant that I have made with you. You shall not fear other gods, but you shall fear Yahweh your God, and he will deliver you out of the hand of all your enemies. However, they didn't listen, but they did what they did before. So these nations feared Yahweh and also served their engraved images. Their children did likewise, and so did their children's children. They do as their fathers did to this day. That is the end of chapter 17. 
Before I talk about chapter 17 here, I wanted to mention something that came up in both chapter 14 and chapter 16 that kind of caught my eye, and this was talking about Eloth. When I looked in the Bible Atlas, it says that Eloth is near or considered the same as Ezion-Geber, which is a port city, an important port city on the eastern uh, rabbit era or, or finger of the Red Sea. So that's why it's so notable that this is changing hands. So at the beginning of chapter 17, we notice that Pekka has about three more years of his reign pending when Ahaz's 16 begin. But then Hosea's not in Samaria until Ahaz's 12th year of reign, and that leaves about nine years to account for. And then there is the verse in chapter 15, verse 30, where it talks about Hosea making the conspiracy against Pekah and reigning in his place in the 20th year of Jotham, son of Uzziah. But Jotham only reigned 16 years, so it seems to be referring to 20 years since he began reigning, because that still matches up with the three years that Ahaz reigned before this all happened. But let me kind of back up a little and summarize Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones again, because I can follow his presentation as being true to scripture, whereas other chronologists rather subjectively adjust things, as I have seen, unfortunately, in the Holman Bible Atlas that I just bought. They have a bunch of good maps, but then a lot of their chronology is easily disproven by the things that Dr. Jones talks about. So here's the summary. One. While there are details about both the northern and southern kingdoms, the most clear details and those with ages of kings are about Judah. And this makes sense because this is David's line and it's establishing the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And as such, it should be viewed as the most important. Two, when comparing some numbers of years of kings, there appears to be a discrepancy between the numbers of years given for the northern kingdom of Israel and the number of years given for the reigns for the kings of Judah and the southern kingdom. However, counting the years of the kings of Judah backward after Israel falls to Assyria gives us a span of 135 years, which fits exactly with the numbers given for the kings of Judah, indicating that Judah's record is the standard. Thus, any data given about the northern kingdom of Israel should be evaluated in this light. Three, attempts to marginalize or discredit the biblical record based on records of eclipses or the Assyrian eponym list are presented as irrefutably established when there are many important reasons they cannot be relied on. It is only by subjective choice of scholars that such records are determined to prove things to contradict the biblical record. Four, along the same lines, such attempts have to rewrite other parts of the biblical narrative in order to make things fit where these parts of the biblical record are very clear about the timeline. Five, after Pekka, the northern kingdom has been diminished by about 75%, so there isn't much to rule, and it indicates that there's a disarray of the state of things. And six, in chapter 16, verse 10, it tells of Ahaz going up to Damascus, which is identified as the head of Syria, and meeting Tiglath-Pileser, who has just defeated the Syrian northern kingdom Israel alliance. 
And when you combine that with 2 Chronicles 28, verses 19, and then 26 through 27, it indicates that Ahaz held the title of king of Israel under Tiglath-Pileser for a while. So sometime after that, in Ahaz's 12th year as king of Judah, Hosea is installed in Samaria, but within a few years, he conspires to be free of Assyrian subjugation. We have the three-year siege of Samaria and their destruction as prophesied by Amos, specifically in chapter 4, during Uzziah's reign. In a good section of the chapter now, Yahweh explains the judgment again, but this time it's not just a warning or a reminder. They have abandoned him and all his goodness. Other captives are brought in to live there, but when they are first there, Yahweh sends lions to show he still claims the land, And the people there recognize it as an act of a god, but in spite of the instruction of the priest, they try to serve all the gods, as they put it, small g gods, which is never to serve Yahweh, the one true God, hence the apparent wordplay in the chapter about fearing Yahweh and then not fearing Yahweh. So these people certainly can't serve Yahweh and other gods when the worship of these other false gods and idols directly violates God's good ways, such as the horrible things like burning their children. I can't help but think of people today who kill their own children, babies, as a sacrifice to themselves and their own pursuit of godlike autonomy, something they can never attain, but the lie persists through the ages. And then I realized how merciful God was and is in not just wiping out everyone again, that he even saved a remnant from the flood, and that he is patient for the few who do recognize that they need him and respond to his invitation to follow him by his grace. He invites, we respond. Because there is so much horrible wickedness, in spite of great signs, And here in this chapter, Yahweh again verifies that he did mighty wonders in Egypt. Those weren't weren't metaphorical. And in spite of all the prophets he sends, generation after generation of people not only choose rebellion, but harden themselves in it. They, They dig in their heels. Don't tell me I'm a wicked sinner. And sometimes God says, fine, you want to be stubborn? I will give you over to your hardness and your delusion. But I will still be patient a while yet. I have plans, and some will get to hear my voice. In fact, some people who are hardened will again still be called. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 